This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The 2023 NFL Draft is about five weeks away. Here at Saturday Sunday, we are deep into our Tier Buster series. We kicked it off last week discussing the 2023 quarterback tiers. Went through all four of the, my tiers, my rankings within in the tiers, who could maybe make some tier jumps up. This week, we turn our attention to the running backs, and then next week, we'll finish it out with the pass catchers, a separate show for the wide receivers, and another one for the tight ends before we kind of set the stage to bring on some guests to pick their brains, some of the best in the industry, people that, you know, we've had on in the past, uh, that it's really great to talk to them and and get their insight. But today, be talking running backs Again, just like last time, let me bring up the tiers that represent our exclusive tiers here at Saturday to Sunday. So I'm going to screen share for the people watching on YouTube uh, just so you can see the our actual tiers uh, as well. So this shows what our tiers look like for the running back position Guys that we are have for Tier 1 are guys that we think are potential Round 1 or early Round 2 NFL draft selections. We think from the fantasy aspect of it, they're locked in the top 6 Dynasty rookie picks most likely. They are Day 1 starters. Many traits are above average with at least one being rare to elite. These players can and should be the focal point of the run game with the ability to contribute in the passing game. Our Tier 2 are guys that we think are mid-round 2 to mid-round 3 running back selections in the NFL Draft. We think they're mid-round 1 to early round 2 dynasty rookie picks. They're a lead running back in the committee backfield. Several traits are above average to very good. These players can and should contribute immediately to the run game and have the capacity to contribute and be a factor in the passing game. There are maybe some concerns about their ability to be a three down back. We know true three down backs and true bell cows, they are a dying breed in the NFL. So these are guys that we think could become leads of committees and be an integral part of a backfield. Our tier three are guys that we think could sneak into the back end of round three or be round four selections. So last year we had guys, you know, in the NFL world who fit this category like Brian Robinson, Damian Pierce, Samir White. We think in, in rookie drafts, they're round two to early round three dynasty rookie picks, obviously landing spot and stuff, but we think they can be as early as round two, or if it's a bad landing spot or whatever, maybe push to early round three. We think they're a committee running back with upside. Some traits are above average. These players offer a competitive advantage as runners or as pass catchers. They could emerge into even bigger roles of the backfield by the end of year one or year two. Our tier four are round five, round six guys. These are guys that we think in fantasy could be round three, round four dynasty rookie picks. These are guys that we think could develop into the lesser part of a committee or be valuable handcuffs. Several solid traits. These players have a complementary skill set that can develop into a specialized role or a lesser part of a committee in the future and capable of leading the backfield and maintaining the integrity of the offense if called upon due to injury. And then tier five are our late round UDFA selection types. Uh, their late round, their watch list for dynasty rookie picks, their depth, you know, third, fourth string or practice squad developmental running backs uh, 
So those are our five tiers that we have for the running back position. So let's kind of take this now to my tier one. And my tier one is made up of simply Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. So I have two guys in there. I understand that B. John Robinson might be the only one that goes in round one. I think Jameer Gibbs is worthy of going late round one. If he doesn't go late round one, I think he will be gone early in round two. Think about where Brees Hall went last year. Think about where Kenneth Walker. We know positional value is a real thing in the NFL. We see how little running backs are getting paid in the open market right now. Uh, I don't think that means that Jameer Gibbs is not a tier one running back just because he won't go in round one. Uh, I think he should come off the board early round two. I think B. John Robinson is the best running back prospect uh, since Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon and B. John are the best two running back prospects that I have evaluated since doing Saturday to Sunday. Uh, it's hard to find a landing spot for B. John Robinson. Do the Eagles pull the trigger? Not the you know not historically the positional value that they look for in round one. You know, does Baltimore think about it? Does New England think about it, right? It's hard to find a landing spot in round one that makes sense for B. John Robinson, but I also can't see round one coming and going and him not being taken when he's in most people's top 10 overall big boards. As for Jameer Gibbs, you know, listen, I've comped him to Austin Eckler. I never really bought the Alvin Kamara. There's a 15-pound differential in terms of their, their playing weight, but if you look at Austin Eckler, same height, same weight, both had really good athletic testing pre-draft. Uh, the usage, the role. Austin Eckler has never been a guy who should have been a guy who carried the ball 20 times a game, but he's a guy who can carry, who would have 16, 17, 18 touches when it's split between running and passing. I think that could be Jameer Gibbs. I think he is an elite receiving talent out of the backfield. That's the comp that I've been using here at Saturday, Sunday since last summer. And I think I will continue to say that's who I think his ceiling output is. I've heard, you know, uh, other people bring up CJ Spiller. I've heard other people bring up Aaron Jones. I think those are all good comps. I think we're all living in the same world. I've heard even people, you know, Jamal Charles. I don't see as much Jamal Charles, but I think we're all living in the same world. They're not guys that are in between the tackle thumpers who should be carrying 20, 25 times a game. They're guys that could be a integral part of the run game, but be great receiver as well. Uh, and all those guys that we just mentioned, I think, you know, fit that bill. I think Austin Eckler is the ceiling case scenario. I, I could see Aaron Jones, the middle scenario. I could see CJ Spiller, maybe the floor. Uh, a, a lot to like about Jameer Gibbs. Now, my tier two, remember, that's the guys that we think can go mid-round two to mid-round three. I think this is a as deep a tier two running back class as we've ever seen. Uh, for me, it starts out with Devin A-Chain out of Texas A&M. You know, I've heard the Javad Best comparisons. I like that. I, I think he could be, you know, Chris Johnson. I, I think the size and frame are, are somewhat comparable. I think this year he showed his ability at his size and frame to withhold uh, and withstand a lot of, uh, you know, heavy workload and, and handle it, ran between the tackles. He Just because he's 188 pounds, he's got pretty good contact balance. He could absorb contact. He's physical as a, as a runner. Uh, so I'm not going to limit what I think A-Chain can and can't be at the next level. I think he's going to be more of a space player, and I think I think you bring a, a prolific, dynamic piece to an offense. But I, but I'll say the ceiling case scenario there for him is Chris Johnson. I think the the floor maybe is a guy like Javed Best. Uh, I like A-Chain. To me, A-Chain is closer to Gibbs than anybody else is to A-Chain, personally for me. I think A-Chain could go early round two. 
uh, even though I put him in this tier, which is more like a mid-round two. I, I do think if anybody makes the jump to the early portion of round two, uh, where Jameer Gibbs is going, I do think it could be Devin A-Chain. Uh, fourth, I have Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. I think he is a little bit underappreciated because of how poor Auburn's offensive line was. I think it made him at times try to do too much, and I think... It, People look at that as maybe lack of vision or patience. But this is a guy who has got pretty good athleticism for a guy's size. Very physical, tough, power runner. can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I really like Bigsby's overall game. He's my RB4 in this draft class. Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, obviously transferred from TCU. Didn't have the year that most expected. But another guy, he's got juice. He, you know, he's a guy who can make... You know, big explosive plays. He can be used in the passing game. He's got good size and frame. There's a lot to like about Zach Evans. He never had that monster statistical collegiate year that I think many thought he was in the, you know, potentially going to have, especially this year when he transferred to Ole Miss. But I think the NFL is going to be very intrigued with him. I look at a guy like Tank Bigsby, I could see late second round. Uh, I see a guy like Zach Evans. I could see early to middle of round three, but that's accompanied by the rest of these guys. Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Israel Abaconda out of Pittsburgh. Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, who other people are higher on than me, but I still like his game. And, and Roshan Johnson out of Texas. I know he was B. John's backup, but to me, I watch him play. I see part Chris Carson. I see part Ramondre Stevenson. The, the Ramondre Stevenson comp for me is very much that Ramondre Stevenson wasn't a starter, wasn't the bell cow at Oklahoma. And and the NFL really liked him, and 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 Stevenson I think went early round four. I, I think Johnson can go somewhere mid to late round three or early portion of round four. But I like his game a lot. I wanted him in my tier two. Uh, so he, he's an interesting one. Charbonnet, I think this year's film was a little bit better. I think he needs a little bit of a runway to get going, but once he does, you know, he's hard to take down. There's his play strength, his power, his contact balance. He's got quick feet for a big guy. I just don't see a lot of start, stop and start. If he doesn't have a good offensive line, I could see him struggling. I think his past stuff is a little manufactured at UCLA and a lot of wide open rushing lanes in the, in that Chip Kelly scheme. So I'm not sure he's a read down back at the next level. I think he could be functional as a pass catch. I, I think he's probably going to end up being part of a, a committee, though. Uh, Israel Avaconda, speed, explosion. You get him on the space, uh, outside zone teams, and you're going to see Avaconda be a big, big weapon. Uh, so I like him here. Eric Gray, I think, is a great pass catching, three down skill set that, you know, I think this year we finally sort of best of him. I liked him since his time at Tennessee. Uh, but I, I like Gray's overall game. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's a good receiver. I, I, I think he could. You know, I like the footwork. I think he can make people miss. So there's a, he pretty much checks off most of the boxes. And then also right ahead of him, Ty J. Spears. I mean, we, he's been in the pre-draft process. He's probably generated the most buzz since the regular season ended. If the medicals are fully checked out, I think he's going round two or round three. Uh, explosive player, his footwork, his agility, change of direction, his cutting ability, his, his burst and acceleration. Ty J. Spears, complete player. Uh, really like his overall game. That's as good of a tier two running back group as I've ever had here at Saturday Sunday. And to be honest with you, even some of my tier three guys, I think you can make the case could have even been in tier two, but I just thought it was, you know, we already had eight names in it. So I, I, I want some names in tier three. So let me take it over to, to tier three. Uh, in my tier three, in order of the way I have him ranked right now, is Chase, Brand, Chase Brown out of Illinois, Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, Dwayne McBride out of UAB, and Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Chase Brown, 
really good athlete, was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, great performance at the Combine, uh, two really productive years at Illinois. I know a lot of people you know, were down on him post, uh, during the Senior Bowl, but I, I think he has bounced back from that. He's another guy, late round three, early round four. I like what you can get with him, his ability, the explosion and stuff on the perimeter, but he runs tough. He's physical. He's got good contact balance, good leg drive. I really like Chase Brown's game. I think he's got to, you know, work and develop a little bit of the nuances of the running back position. Uh, but the physical aspects of it, I really like across the board for Chase Brown. Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. I think he's one of the best receiving backs in this draft class. Uh, you know, I think he's right near the top in terms of his receiving capabilities. So I, I like that aspect of his game. I would classify it as very good to great. I think he's a tough runner. I think people, because he's such a great receiver, maybe want to pigeonhole him as like a change of pace perimeter guy. I don't think that's necessarily how McIntosh wins. I think he, he's got he's not a great athlete. I think he's an average to above average athlete, but he's got some short area bursts. Uh, I think he runs tough. I think he runs hard. I think he's better between the tackles or in a gap run scheme, whether it's inside or outside. I don't think he's a guy who's very shifty, but you combine, you know, his skill set as a runner with his great receiving capabilities. I think McIntosh will go somewhere late round three to early round four. Dwayne McBride at UAB right now, he's a complete unknown in the passing game, but a highly productive runner, good size and frame. Uh, it shows burst, shows acceleration, shows play strength, physicality, and toughness like Dwayne McBride's game. And then Sean Tucker. You know, if before the year started, you would have told me Sean Tucker was down here, I would have been surprised. He was in most people's top five, top sixes in the pre-draft process. Uh, but it's been a little bit of a down year for him, to be honest with you. Uh, I think there's some question marks about his ability to make people miss. Uh, I think he's a little bit more, while he's a good athlete, I think he's more of a linear type athlete, uh, but he's got great speed. He's got great bursts. He's got explosiveness. He's got acceleration. So that part, I think if he has a, a crease, he could take it to the house. For me, I, I'm not sure he has the stop, start, make you miss type thing. So, you know, you look at a guy like him and Abaconda, I don't think they're all that different. I think Abaconda had a much better year more productive, uh, and I think Sean Tucker, you know, will probably go a half a round to a round maybe later than a guy like Abaconda, but I think their strengths are pretty similar. Good size, good frame, good athlete, uh, good burst, straight line speed type guy, not going to be a guy who's going to make people miss, you know, in, in confined spaces. That's not really their game, so that's kind of my, my tier three there. Uh, if I take this to tier four, my tier four guys who I think could be round five, round six type guys, these are some specialists. Uh, I start with Deuce Vaughn. I know he's 5'5". Five five. I know he's an outlier, but I love Deuce Vaughn, the player. Whether you want to say Tariq Cohen, whether you want to say Darren Sproles, all I know is Deuce Vaughn carried a heavy workload in Kansas State. He's a great receiving back. He can make people miss. He runs tough for a guy his size. I think someone's going to get Deuce Vaughn in round five or round six. They're going to have a guy who can be part of their running back room. You can do different things with him. I think he could be a weapon at a passing game. You can get him three, four, five handoffs a game in space. He could be a returner. I think Deuce Vaughn is going to bring real-life value to an NFL team. You see what a guy like Boston Scott does in Philadelphia. I think Deuce Vaughn could be a better version of that. And if he gets the opportunity, he could be a Tariq Cohen early in his career before the injury set in where he could be really impactful. He could have some Darren Sproles-type moments. I think that's in the works if he gets an opportunity. He needs some round five, early round six 
takes draft capital to guarantee himself probably a roster spot. Uh, but I like Deuce Vaughn, the player. I I know the, the limitations. I know the outlier in terms of the size. Uh, but Deuce Vaughn is a guy who I'd want on my football team for sure. Keaton Mitchell out of East Carolina, an explosive, explosive player. I think he's only like 180 pounds. So undersized for sure, but speed, burst, acceleration, make you miss ability, cutting ability. There's a home for Keaton Mitchell to be a part-time player that adds speed, explosion, and burst to an offense. I like Keaton Mitchell. Uh, He's a guy that I think a, a team might even think about him in round four because of the explosive component that he Adds if that's what they're looking for, but maybe they couldn't get a guy like Devin A. Chain in round two. They can think Keaton Mitchell round four, round five, and have some of the similar uh, aspects in terms of what he brings to an offense. Evan Hall out of North or out of Northwestern, Travis Dye and Muhammad Ibrahim out of Minnesota make up the rest of my tier four. Evan Hall tested out, really good athlete, really good pass protector, very good receiver, tough runner, a lot to like about Evan Hall. Someone's going to like Evan Hall a lot based on what he brings, his complete skill set, very intriguing. Uh, so I, I like Evan Hall, the player. I could see him going off the board somewhere in round five, you know, because of what he offers. Travis Dye at USC, he was a guy who I really thought – uh, I liked him a lot on film last year, and I really thought he looked good this year. But obviously, people are going to look at him. He's not a great athlete. He's probably an above average to good athlete. I think he can make people miss. I like the footwork, the change of direction, uh, the agility. I like his pass catching ability. So I think he can play a role similar to Deuce Vaughn, similar to Keaton Mitchell. I think Travis Dye very much in round five or round six would be a good value pick for a team who could ha- and he could have a role. Muhammad Ibrahim, if Jeff was here, he'd be talking about how much he likes him. Uh, He's a guy who I think, you know, when he's been healthy, we've seen very good productivity. For him, I think it's all about contact balance, play strength, leg drive, vision, patience, natural run instincts. He just knows how to pick up extra yards. He knows how to find the right hole. He allows his blocks to develop. There's a lot to like about Muhammad Ibrahim's game if the medicals are okay. He could be a guy that just starts out as somebody's third or fourth running back. (coughs) But I can quickly, if given the opportunity, see him be a valuable role as part of a committee because I do think he's a guy that, if given the opportunity, will be successful due to those run instincts that he has. So he he rounds out my tier four. And then tier five are my late round guys. These are guys who I think are probably round seven or priority free agents every year around 21 to 24 running backs get taken. You know, so right here, you know, we're looking at. I have approximately in my rankings and in my tiers right now, uh, I have 26 running backs. So 26 running backs, uh, all of them are not going to get drafted. So I think some of these guys uh, in my in my last tier here are, aren't going to get drafted. Uh, my last tier is made up of Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky, Daenerys Prince out of Tulsa, uh, Tion Evans out of Louisville, Sir Roderick Thompson out of Texas Tech, Tavian Thomas out of Utah, and Cameron Peoples out of App State. The one who intrigues me the most, too, I'll say. Daenerys Prince, really impressive athletic testing at the Combine. Uh, I think there's some untapped upside there. And then Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky, tough physical interior runner. He could even be probably in tier four right there with Muhammad Ibrahim in terms of what he offers. I think he's an early down player, but can can grind out tough yards, can be a goal line, short yardage runner, uh, can be a volume runner if you need him to be. So there's aspects of 
uh, Chris Rodriguez's game that I do really like. So there it is, guys. My running back tiers. If we kind of set this up, guys, in terms of guys that I think could be risers, uh, let's kind of let's kind of take a look at it from that perspective. I already talked about if there's one guy in tier two who I think could be a tier one type running back for me, it's Devin A. Chain. That's how much I believe in A. Chain's talent, his big playability, his ability to be a game breaker. So Devin A. Chain would be the guy who I would say if there was a guy at the top of tier two who I can make a strong argument could be a, a tier one guy. I think he could be a chain. I think he could come off the board early round two. I think a team could look at him and, and say, we're going to give him 15 touches a game and he's going to be a returner and he's going to add an explosive dynamic piece to our offense and change the dynamic of our t- entire offense. That's what a chain could bring to the table. So he'd be my most intriguing guy from tier two to make a jump up to tier one. In tier three, who could be in tier two? I'll say I think Chase Brown or Kenny McIntosh would be the guys that could make that jump up. I still think uh, Chase Brown or Kenny McIntosh could even go mid-round three, but I think late-round three, early-round four is probably their sweet spot. But I think Chase Brown or McIntosh would be the guys who could be my tier jumpers from tier three to be the bottom of my tier two. Uh, In tier four, I don't think anybody I could see making the jump up to tier three. If it was one guy, I do think it could be Keaton Mitchell just due to his explosiveness, his athletic testing. Uh, Mitchell would be the guy, even though I like Deuce Vaughn more as a player, I think the limitations keep him in that tier four. If there was someone who was going to jump up into that tier three mix, maybe go in round four, I think it could be Keaton Mitchell due to the explosiveness and big playability that he offers. And then tier five, I kind of talked about it. I think Chris Rodriguez very much could be the back end of my tier four. I think he could easily go in round five or round six. I'm not sure he falls to round seven, but as I talked about, you know, 21 to 24 running backs go. I already have 26 names on my list here. And to be honest with you, there's a lot more that, you know, aren't even on my ranks and tiers yet that, that are at least worthy of being considered as late round or priority free agents. So I think Chris Rodriguez would be the guy, but that's already we're talking, you know, about getting, you know, far down the rankings to get to, you know, Chris Rodriguez. He's number 21 on my list. You know, that might be the cutoff point. Maybe, you know, him, Daenerys Prince, you know, those would probably be, if I was going to guess right now, those would be the cutoff of the, of the 21st and 22nd running backs taken you know, which means they'd probably be round seven guys. If there's 22 running backs taken, the last couple are going to be in round seven. So that could put Rodriguez, Prince, uh, Ibrahim, Die. Those could be the guys that end up being in round seven, even though I have a couple of those guys a few tiers up. I think it's a really, really strong class. I think it's deep. I think we could see guys who become a, a strong part of a committee backfield or lead a backfield I think that number is 10 12 I've gone on record that after my top three I think you really could rearrange four through like 12 every single day and shuffle it up and re-rank them because of just how close they are other people have Charbonnet all the way up at three four I'm I am a little bit reserved on him but I still like him I still think he should be a mid-round three pick that's a good value for a running back 
you know, a guy, if I think he's worthy of going in the middle of round three, that means I like the player. It's just, for me, he's a little bit further down than, than some of these other guys. I, I would take, you know, these other guys like Eric Gray and Navaconda and, you know, A-Chain all ahead of a guy like Charbonnet, who I think fits a certain style. I think you got to have a great power gap run team to really maximize Zach Charbonnet's skill set. But strong class. It'll be interesting to see where Bijan goes in round one. I don't think Jameer Gibbs goes in round one. That's not what I'd be projecting right now. Where does he come off the board in round two? Is Devin A-Chain the third running back taken? As I think he should be. And where does A-Chain go? Does he go early round two, mid round two, late round two? Do we see a massive gap after Jameer Gibbs, who I think worst case is early round two? Do we see a full round go by? And not and, and then the run on running backs goes somewhere in round three. And that's when we start seeing, you know, Tank Bigsby, Ty J Spears, Zach Charbonnet, and all those guys come off the board. And how many guys in my tier two aren't even gonna end up going on day two? What if there's only five what if there's Bijan and, and Gibbs and then only four more running backs taken on day two? Well, that's gonna leave a lot of really good running backs in round four, and then that's going to push really, really good running backs to round five. So that's where I think the depth is. And if you go around the landscape of the NFL, there's not a ton of landing spots that you're like, yeah, they definitively need a running back one or running back two. They're there, but but not enough to, to fit 10, 12, 13 people in, and then another really six, seven solid ones after that. So it's going to be fascinating to kind of see this running back play out. I think in terms of dynasty, it's going to be really interesting because we know we love drafting you know, running backs and dynasty rookie drafts, but I don't think a lot are going to have clear you know, open depth charts that it's going to be drafting based on draft capital and the talent that we like, but it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the pieces kind of fit together uh, at the running back position because I just don't think there's a ton of openings uh and obviously some of those openings will probably be taken by the B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs type. And then where does that leave the next wave of guys in terms of how quickly they might be relevant in terms of their NFL careers? It's going to be fun to kind of watch that. So if you're enjoying these tier buster shows, first get over to get back and watch the last one on the quarterback tiers. Uh, we'll produce two more after this, wide receivers and tight ends. Again, we'll probably keep these shows to like that 20 to 30 minute time range. Very digestible. Share the tiers. Share who's in my tiers and the rankings within my tiers. Guys who could be jumping up and down. Uh, and then after we get Rudy's tier shows, maybe a little bit of a free agent recap in terms of dynasty and, and uh, impacting the draft. And then some guests who are really excited. Hopefully we get Mark Schofield back to talk quarterbacks. Uh, and a couple other guys I, I'm kind of setting, hoping to set up uh, in terms of scheduling uh, to kind of get it through the early part of April before we kind of hone in on the last week or two prior to the NFL draft, final rankings, draft projections, notebook launches, all that stuff. So if you're enjoying this content, get over to the website. SS Football is the fastest and easiest way to get there. Check out our premium content tab, and for $9.99, you get access to all of our premium notebooks. You get the scouting notebook. It has almost 100 detailed offensive skill player uh, profiles, strengths, functional areas, developmental areas, a, a snapshot of how they win, NFL role, NFL scheme fit, and a fantasy spin. You get the rankings notebook, which has all our different rankings in it. It has these tiers in it. It'll have our dynasty rookie rankings live during the draft. And it has our positional dynasty rankings, which are due for an update post-free agency for sure. 
Uh, you get all, and then in April, you get the draft projections notebook, which will have tabs for every position, offense and defense, their their uh, height, their weight, their college, their position, their athletic testing from the combine, and, and a snapshot of how they win and their developmental areas. It has tabs for every offensive and defensive player by position, ranked based on everything I am hearing to try to forecast and project the NFL draft to help guide you in terms of draft weekend, uh, in terms of what we think is going to happen. We've had tremendous success in our draft projections notebook. We'll have a tab where we try to project what 32 players come off the board in round one, what hundred or so players come off the board in rounds one through three, and then trying to project what like 262 players we think will come off the board in rounds one through seven. Uh, if you, you can please, please check out the, the notebooks. It is the best way to support the show. If you've purchased it in the past, we strongly urge to try to purchase it again. If you've never purchased it, but you've been a longtime listener or you're new to Saturday, Sunday, we'd greatly appreciate you purchasing it. We want to uh, give you a lot of value for that $9.99, and we think we do, but it is the lifeblood of what we do here. It helps us continue to do what we do. Uh, in terms of server fees and, and website fees and subscriptions we need. Uh, so we do need help in terms of maintaining and keeping up what we do here at Saturday Sunday. If you cannot purchase a notebook, please, wherever you listen to the, the podcast, you know, rate, review, subscribe, download, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel page as well. Uh, anything to help us out in that regard as well. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.